Now you're very welcome along to the gardening program here on Midwest Radio Pork. Good morning. Good morning, Deirdre Kelly. Good morning how, to our listeners. Yeah, how are things? Things are great. Yeah, yeah, beautiful morning. It's gorgeous. Frosty, but but really, Frosty, really nice. Yeah, indeed. And I suppose it's been quite cold during the course of the week. So cold winds. Yeah, and uh, probably the younger plants are they? If they're out, they're probably in need of protection. Absolutely, and don't put them out. Really, is the message. You know, if you've got your tomato plants or cucumbers or chilies or anything that can be damaged by frost, any of the half hardy annual uh, plants like marigolds or petunias don't be tempted to be put them out you know we, we often get a, a flurry of activity on a nice uh, bright morning but just be be careful in terms of kind of young seedlings bedding plants in particular I mean when you're buying plants in your local garden centre do ask them if, if they're half hardy uh, annuals or sensitive to frost then don't put them out but there are lots of really good plants like violas and pansies and um, plants even like nemesia that flower through the summer that can still go out they're perfectly they're what we call hardy annuals they will tolerate frost and uh, but the, the cold weather the season is very late dear as well like it's at least two weeks behind where it would normally be and and it's it's actually still great time of year for moving plants. So, for example, during the week, I took advantage of digging up uh, some geranium outdoor hardy geranium varieties, a lovely one called Roxanne, and I divided it up into several pieces and transplanted it, which would normally happen in March. But because the season is so late, the plants are still very dormant. So if you've got think plants like hostas and astilbes or plants that you actually need to move around the garden, take the opportunity. This kind of cold weather is ideal for lifting plants and transplanting them into other areas as long as you settle them in well. Right. Now that should be done, uh, you know, ideally this weekend or over the next couple of days while the, while the spring is still late. Uh, but in general, do protect plants. You'll often find plants like Pieris forest flame or Pieris katsuru or even plants like laurels and grisolinia. You'll see the little black tips on the top of the shoots. That's the young growth that has come on in the last week or two and frost can often give it a, a, a slight knocking back but it's only a temporary thing. It, it's only surface damage to the, the start of the, the, to the new growth and it doesn't impair the plant. The plant just kicks back into growth again. Okay. So we're really into the time of year. A good time to move plants in general. Um, do protect plants even if they're in greenhouses and polytunnels put a little bit of garden fleece over them just to protect them and the fleece can be left on for several days. You don't have to take it off every morning. The light will get through the fleece. So leave it on for a couple of days until this kind of cold spell um, moves on. Moves on, and yeah. yeah um, and we, we are into a kind of a mixed week, but it is good, still very good gardening weather. I cut my own lawn yesterday evening, knowing that the cold weather was going to come, it won't make any difference to mm. it, but can take an advantage of the dry weather to get out there and get the garden trimmed, start feeding your plants now because they are coming into growth, start feeding your lawns um, in terms of kind of the sowing of lawn seed and the sowing of seeds in general. We're still in perfect time in April. So even things like vegetable plants like cabbage plants and uh, white lisbon onion or lettuce plants, they can be sown for seed quite safely, even though they get frost during the night. Mm. They're perfectly fine because they are hardy and, and the frost won't set them back. So, you know, don't be afraid of the frost either. I mean, embrace it and get out there and, and, and do a bit of gardening uh, because the weather conditions are absolutely ideal. And I suppose if you've got time for a bit of digging or anything like that, I mean, exactly. the frost does help break down the soil 100%. and all of that. So you'll, uh, the bit of work will probably stand to you further on down the line. Physically. Physically. <laughs> well, I was thinking more in terms of the garden. Absolutely. But obviously physically as well. And it's actually lovely planting 
hunting weather because the soil conditions are, are workable. You can certainly take them, but there's still loads of moisture in the soil. So when I was dividing those geraniums, I mean, it was just perfect. I didn't have to wash them. I knew instinctively putting them into the ground, they're just going to take off and they're per- they've perked back up again and they're they're flying. So I actually, on that note, yep. I was I popped into the garden centre this morning and, and I was looking for plants in particular that would be really easy to grow. So particularly thinking about people that might be getting into gardening for the first time or you just want a few easy plants that you know if you plant them this weekend you're going to have colour this summer and they're going to be super easy to grow. So are we talking about plants from seeds now or no, plants no. that are these kind are, of mi- these plug, are plug type plants? Li- or, yeah, little yeah, shrubs. Little, yeah. little shrubs that you can put in. So if you Great. want a splash of colour this summer you want to fill up a few gaps maybe in shrub borders or beds or even in pots or containers. These are actually garden shrubs that are so easy to grow but long flowering period. Great. Starting with, with a real old favourite of mine and it's a, it's a plant called Lavateria but it's a variety called Barnsley Baby and and it's a dwarf variety of the common mallow. So normally the mallow plant will grow, you know, four to five feet in high. And it's absolutely covered in flowers from the middle of June right through to November. But this particular variety, Barnsley Baby, is a dwarf variety. So it only grows about between two and a half and maybe three feet maximum. But it's absolutely covered in flowers. It's gorgeous, right lovely it's pink. And plant. it's as happy looking. Uh, yeah. and, it's you, a really and I can see bee friendly. Bee friendly. It, it produces these large kind of trumpet shaped flowers. Really easy easy plant to go, grow. So if, if you want to kind of fill up uh, between maybe shrubs that you have, you want a bit of colour for the summer, that Lavateria does really well. So it's Barnsley Baby, um, short compact variety. In diameter it'll probably spread up to two and a half to three feet, so wow. it's kind of as broad as it is tall but literally covered in flowers from tip to toe and it has such a long flowering period. Hence, it's very good for bees because the bees will come in. And the flowers are quite large. They're probably two inches in diameter but literally from top to toe it's covered in flowers. So it's Barnsley Baby. It's a really, really nice, easy to grow. Uh, At the end of the summer you trim it back and that's it. And is that one that will come back every year? Every year. year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And, and it benefits from a bit of pruning back. Again, a, a really simple plant and I've featured it before and I've talked about it. This is Parahibi Avalanche. It's a really easy evergreen shrub, low growing. So again, it'll only grow about 18 inches in height about the same in diameter, maybe up to two feet in diameter. But this plant will come into flower now at the end of April and flower right through until uh, October probably. Fantastic. September, October. So Parihibi Avalanche. It is a plant, now don't tell anyone, but this is one of the easiest plants to propagate from cuttings. So if you take a slip of it, stick it in the ground, you purchase a new plant. It's right. one of the most simple plants. Uh, and it's evergreen, which and is how, lovely. how tall does that grow? It only, it'll only grow about 18 inches, uh, Deirdre. And again, it's a plant that, with a light bit of trim back, you encourage it, you know, a broader spread from the plant in a lower habit. But it just flowers for for ages. It's well-named avalanche because it's literally an avalanche of white flowers yeah, beautiful. from late April to early spring. The other one I brought in was, was again the geranium that I did mention. So this is um, Roseanne. Um, it's a really nice, low-growing, blue-flowering geranium. Um, interesting enough, the, the this particular plant, um, it's called geranium Roseanne, the flowers are sterile on it. So it never produces seed, which is interesting because the function of any plant is Mm. to produce seed. But because it doesn't produce seed, it just keeps on flowering. Does that make sense? It. So it's not pausing, it just keeps going. It just, it, it, yeah, it, it, see, the function of any plant, when it yeah. produces, a plant produces its, it's, its seed, it, it, it stops flowering and the seed is cast and the plant has done its business type of thing. Okay. It's done, it, it's, it's, that's it's a, fulfilled its function. It's life cycle or whatever. Poor old geranium Roseanne. It's gone is, forever. It's a sterile flower, so the flower never produces seed. So the plant 
continually tries to produce new flowers because it's thinking... It, it needs to produce <laughs> seeds, but it, it but it never achieves it. It never achieves it. So hence, it starts to flower in June and continues to flower till September, October until the cold weather comes again. So it's a super variety of geranium. There are lots of different ones like Johnston's Blue and, and loads of different varieties. But this one, Roseanne, is probably the longest flowering variety. Great for bees as well. Fantastic. A great ground covering plant. So to cover the ground. And like I said, once you have it, you can split it every couple of years and literally have five, make five or six new plants from it. So you can bring it for banks and slopes and beds, anywhere you want ground cover. In height, it only grows to about two feet. It'll spread up to at least three feet in diameter. So you get this carpet effect. It's got a beautiful blue uh, kind of bell-shaped flower mm. that it produces on mass. And because the flower is sterile, it just keeps on going. It keeps going. Right through this summer. And the, and the um, but, but funny enough, even though it's sterile, the bees will still visit it for the, the it produces pollen. The pollen. Uh, yeah. And I also brought you in um, one of probably, again, one of, it's rose planting time in the garden. So this is the time of year for planting roses. And the lovely thing about roses is if you plant them now, they'll actually flower this summer. And then there's loads of different varieties available. Really good ones like Trumpeter, which is an old McCready rose. It's mm-hmm. a bedding rose. It's a Florimunda, which means it literally produces many, many flowers. But to contrast with Trumpeter, this is a lovely one called Precious Amber, which is a an amber apricot mm. coloured flower. Again, it's a Florabunda variety, which means literally many flowers. This again will come into flower in June and continue right through often up till late October, early November. Um, and it's slightly fr- the fragrant, so there's a, there's, there is a scent from it. Only grows to, in height again about two and a half, two and a half feet. It's very compact and literally continues to flower right through the summer. And if listeners, so this is the time to plant roses, be mm-hmm. it climbers, ramblers, ground covering roses or bedding roses. But also if you haven't pruned your roses, do it. I know I've said it several week on week, but do it this weekend. Feed your roses now and as soon as they come into growth, start putting on the, the rose treatments like Rose Clear just to keep them clean and, and tidy and neat. Yeah. And they'll continue. It's gorgeous. So, that is a gorgeous. It's, it's a lovely it's, one. And it's a little bit different, you know. Precious amber. Yeah, yeah. precious it's, amber. It's kind of, yeah, apricot, apricot is probably it's a really rich yeah. apricot colour, orange, uh, but slightly smaller flower than normal, but literally it produces many, many flowers per bloom. A bit like trumpeter. I think it, it sits very well with trumpeter. Or there's another lovely variety called Carisei that mixes very well with trumpeter. And generally when you're planting roses, rather than picking a whole range of different colours and with different heights, it's often better to plant the beds with one or two contrasting colours. So a red and yellow, a red and orange, or whatever, whatever colour you particularly like, just to contrast against one another. And because you're kind of planting them en masse, you tend to get a more uniform height. They're all flowering at the same time. Uh, they need the same level of pruning and so on. It's so easier you, you to can't, look after them. So you kind of have that wow factor as well. You do indeed, yeah, certainly. So look, at it's really good planting weather. Um, I, I'd advise people to, yeah, definitely to get kind of your veg plants into the garden, sow some seed at the moment. Still plenty of time to sow potatoes. I know, you know, people were wondering about, uh, is there seed still available? Seed is still available and, and we can plant potatoes right up until the first week of May. So there's still plenty of time yes. and the season is late. So, so you know, there's, there, there's an extra week or two. There is indeed, possibly, yeah. yeah. And there's plenty of time to put all your vegetable and herbs and into the garden. If you are growing tomatoes, keep them inside at the moment. Chilies, peppers, cucumbers. The plants are available in your local garden centre, but do keep them on the windowsill. Let them grow on there for, for several weeks. And if you have them in your tunnel and greenhouse, just put the bit of garden fleece. If you don't have garden fleece, use, use some newspaper, but take it off then during the day and allow them to grow on. 
Okay, great. Uh, good few questions in. So just a reminder again to people if uh, there is anything you'd like addressed on the programme this morning, 087 900 4141, our text and WhatsApp are 08 one eight three thousand fifty five. Uh, if you are calling us, um, and I just I think it's an angel's wing being uh, shown to me here in the studio. Yeah. yeah, I picked the leaf off it this morning. This is a beautiful plant called Senecio yeah. Angel's Wing. Again, it's a really simple plant to grow. But the the leaves, as you know, are yeah. in the shape of an angel's wing. They are. I love that. I have two of these, and uh, I didn't exactly. Uh, really look after them too much over the winter but they seem to have overwintered fine yeah. they're in fairly sheltered spots and there's one in particular and it is just thriving and I do I think they're lovely it's lovely got plants. that kind of velvety it's like texture. a piece of velvet if you close your eyes and you feel the leaf you yeah. know you really wouldn't think that you were touching a plant at all you yeah. think it possibly was um, a piece of cloth yeah absolutely but they're really stunning they're kind of a silver greeny colour there are quite big leaves and in just in terms of a bit of garden colour that's for something different I think they're fab they're lovely in pots and containers a great ground covering plant and it, it actually flowers as well it does produce a, a, a yellow um, daisy like flower that's a bit insignificant and, and generally people uh, don't particularly like the flower it's the leaf that it's grown for but such an easy plant to mm. grow if if listeners have it in their garden so it's a plant called Senecio Senecio Angel's Wings if you have it and it's got a little bit brown over the winter which sometimes it does in an exposed area simply trim it back today Okay. give it a feed and it'll produce a whole series of, of brilliant new leaves. And and to be honest, even the plant that you have with the with the lovely leaves, mm. it's often better to trim it back because the young growth has a more intense silvery colour. It does, so, yeah. yeah. I can see I can see new growth on on the one I have. Yes. And I definitely there's lots of brown leaves and I have cleared back some of them. Okay. Um and I just said, Well, we'll just see how the thing goes and uh, give it a feed give and it away a, it goes. Yeah, it hasn't been and fed, it, so I'll it, do that. In time <laughs> it'll spread anything up to three feet in diameter. Yeah, I sowed mine last year from a plant um, and it has spread like no man's business. It's in a pot. It's in one of those old kind of cast iron pots, you know, that would have been on an old open fire and um, it just sits in really nicely into it um, and it has, it has taken over the pot. Yeah, really good plant. So that's an easier angel wings. Again, a good time to plant it and... And a no-nonsense plant that, that, again, you can just forget about. Yeah, I, I, just, I think it's lovely. And it's just a bit different. A bit, mm. bit of interest in the garden and yeah. and other things, yeah. Now I'm going to go to a question that came in very early this morning, Porek, somebody who was coming off night duty. Um, and it's relating to our good old friend, the common laurel. Um, so... Uh, Veronica planted some carbon laurels in November of 2018 and okay. has fed them three times each summer with Osmo Pro 6. Great. Fed them again last St. Patrick's Day. They okay. are strong and sturdy. The problem is that a lot of them have yellow leaves and she's wondering what might be she might she be doing wrong. So the ground is stony and free draining. Wondering, would that be the reason? She's also noticed that a lot of neighbours uh, for about seven miles around have the same issues. I think she's diagnosed it very well. So, I mean, laurels laurels are hungry plants naturally because they put on so much growth and the leaves are so large. So they do require a a soil that um, retains a lot of nutrition. And when you get gravelly, sandy type soils or stony type soils, the level of nutrition, and even when you add the fertiliser, the fertiliser, of course, will feed the plants, but it's going to drain very quickly through the soil and and that's really the problem. There isn't enough nutrition there. Certainly the feeding with the Osmo Pro 6 is a good idea. I would also, if she, if uh, Veronica could get some organic matter, some old stable manure mushroom compost and mulch it in around the base of the stems of the laurel. I mean, you can put at least a six or eight inch layer around the base. So farmer manure, 
um, horse manure, um, something that has that organic matter would help to build up that level of um, nutrition and soil. And there's nothing like organic matter for retaining nutrition in the soil. It actually holds it really well and releases it very slowly. Seaweed would also be very good if they could get seaweed. So something like that that would have that kind of organic uh, matter. So mushroom compost, farmer manure, um, horse manure or or seaweed. um, And and by all means, you can still use the the Osmo Pro 6. But the the, the issue here is the, the nature of the soil. The nature like, is okay. Yeah, so when you've got that sandy, free-draining, stony type soil, it doesn't hold on to the nutrition; it just literally washes through. Okay, so where, whereas if you've got the I suppose organic the farm, matter, yeah, the exactly, organ, right, it, there's a bit more substance to it, and yeah. it's yeah. So it's and often when you're planting hedges in 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 stony, sandy type soils, in digging the trench, putting in a good layer, a foot layer of eight-inch layer of organic matter first, because there's nothing like it for for holding right. the nutrition. Right. It holds it for many years. You know, oh, okay. release it so over many years, not just over a short period. Okay, great. Now, we've got kind of a picture of a plant here, Porik, um, but we probably could do with a bit more of it, I suspect. Uh, my friend is this plant. It's outside. It's an outside plant. Its flowers are pink and red in colour. She grew it from a slip. Can you advise the name, if possible? It's so, hard to see it. Yeah. It's hard to see the leaf. Maybe if they could send in a couple of more pictures of it. It could be a hibiscus uh, if it's outdoor, yeah. but it maybe send a couple just of more. Just the, the yeah. angle of the photograph is probably... Well, um, we're missing half. It. We're missing a bit of it, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, now I have a, a, a what's up? That's, uh, yeah, jumping a little bit. Okay, some more photographs. And this is a hedge we talked about on the programme last week. So it's a follow-up question, Boric. Um, if you recall, it was a, a hedge. Portuguese Portuguese laurel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Portuguese laurel mm-hmm. and poorly performing in spots. Yeah. Um, and I think the advice was to give it a good uh, feed and treatment. And the question is, they forgot to ask, should they cut it back before they do all of yeah, that? Yeah, I'd, I'd trim it back. So the plant is suffering from a, a fungal disease um, and, and my advice was really to feed it and also use the fungus clear, uh, particularly on the new growth. And to encourage that new growth, it would be a good idea to give it a light trimming back. Now, it has been trimmed well. It's actually uh, quite neat in, in its in its habit. Uh, so, you know, light trimming back, feed it, and then as soon as, soon as the new growth comes on, give it a... Um, give it a, an application of the fungus clear. Great. Now we've got, I, I think this might be a house plant, but I stand open to correction. I received this house plant from a friend, uh, sorry, a few years ago. No one seems to know what it is. Um, uh, would Porek be able to help at all? Also, my forsythiae hasn't flowered for the past two years. What might be the cause, asks Tommy. Mm, and they're beautiful this year. Forsythiae are absolutely covered in flowers. Yeah. Now, remember they flower on the previous season's growth, a bit like camellias and rhododendrons. So if you do, if Tommy does any pruning over the winter or spring period or even in the autumn with forsythiae, it won't flower the following year. All you get is, is leafy growth. Um, so the pruning is important when forsythiae, which is a beautiful yellow flowering plant this time of year, um, when it goes out of flower, you trim it straight away. You don't wait a three or four weeks you literally cut it back as soon as the flowers fade feed it with a high potash feed that will induce flowering on forsythiae and you do that every year so avoid any autumn winter or spring pruning with the forsythiae and um, so my advice really is to leave it alone for this year give it a, f- a good feed of a rose feed a high potash feed and then um Next next spring, when it does come into flower, prune it immediately after flowering. The the indoor plant, mm. it, it looks to me like a euphorbia, um, an indoor euphorbia uh, that Tommy has. It's got variegated leaves. The new growth has that lovely pink colour. It's very pretty. Lovely little thing. And... Um, you know, very easy to grow. I pinch it back. It looks like it's getting a little bit leggy. So maybe pinch the growing points back. That'll thicken it out. And uh, other than that, it, 
It just needs a bright sunny spot. Okay, great. Now we've got a picture uh, this time around of what we're told is a cherry blossom. So cherry blossom minus any blossoms. Yeah, you'll minus notice any, poor, yeah, any, buds, any yeah. anything at yeah. all. Um, so uh, wondering why is it not flowering this year? It's 10, it's years, 10 years old. old. Well, it actually doesn't look too healthy to me. Uh, like there's no sign of bud on it. Um, you know, it, 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 it should be at least there should be some uh, flower buds forming and indeed the leaves will begin to kind of start to bud it's up at the stage. It's extremely bare. Yeah, so it, maybe leave it another week or, or fortnight to see, but it, it actually looks to me like it has it has um, died. Yes, it has. It's gone. Yeah. And that, so, so hence you're not getting anything from it. So um, leave it maybe another fortnight or three weeks and see will it bud up. If not, it's you need to replace it. Okay. Do do cherry blossoms like that have they have their longevity or what? Have yeah, their no, lifespan? No, normally they, they live for quite a long period. They are surface rooting. They dislike kind of heavy wet soils. Um, That's in a lawn there, in, by the looks of it. It's in a lawn area, definitely there. But at this time of year, it should be like you know, most of the cherries are flowering at the moment, or certainly the leaves are beginning to unfold, and there's no sign of a bud. If that's a, a photograph that's only been taken this week, there's no sign of any growth on it. Okay, yeah. So that mightn't just might, mightn't be too good. Yeah. Anyway, let's see how we go over the next couple of weeks, and the time will tell. Now. Um, this uh, person planted a choisia. Choisia, not choisia, bad. Choisia, not bad. Sorry, yeah, choisia, yeah, yeah. My Beautiful pronunciation. Plant. Yeah. Choisia white dazzler yeah. two years ago in a south-facing garden. It's not growing as well as hoped, even though it's fed annually. Some white, small white flowers are emerging in the last few weeks. Yeah, and, and choice is that they're beautiful plants. White dazzler would be a slower growing version, um, probably a little bit more delicate version. So the best variety to grow is Choicea ternata, which has the normal uh, green leaves. They're called, we call them the Mexican orange blossom because it produces beautiful white flowers that smell of oranges. Oh, that sounds, they sound lovely. It's, it's an evergreen shrub. South facing is the perfect location for it. They do require a free draining soil as well. So if the soil is too heavy or sticky, or retains water, you're go- they're going to rot over the winter period. And you, you often find choice here, particularly this variety, White Dazzler, if the soil is heavy, it tends to go back a bit in the winter and then comes back into growth for the summer, but it's kind of sickly looking. Um, so I'm guessing here, but I, I would think the, the soil should be changed. And to be honest, if it's a young plant, I would lift it redo the soil, adding a lot of grit and gravel and uh, compost to the soil and replant it because the south facing aspect is ideal. The other thing that choices dislike is exposure. So too much wind. So they're better up against a wall or in a nice sheltered south facing area. There's another beautiful variety called Sundance, Choice Sundance, which has got buttery yellow foliage, bright yellow foliage, 12 months of the year and white flowers, lovely plant. And again, does really, it's easier to grow than white dazzler. So maybe, maybe redo the soil, I think with this one. And again, I would use this weekend to, to lift it, redo the soil, replant it back in and see how it, how it responds to that. Okay. Or grow it in a pot. <clears throat> grow the choices do really well in pots and containers. And would you, do you bring them in or anything no, like no, that? No, 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 leave them out for yeah. the winter, but okay. maybe tuck them into a kind of a, sh- uh, a sheltered spot for the winter, keeping them out. Of the, remember that they're evergreen, so if yeah. they're exposed to the wind, they tend to get knocked back and damaged a little bit. Lovely. Now, um, just a general uh, one or two questions, I think, coming in on the old moss and the zero. Mm, uh, yeah. Can we, When do we put that on at the moment? Well, do it now. I mean, look look after. Like I said, I, I, I trim my own 
lawn yesterday. Um, if moss is still a problem, then get the zero on. Today would be an ideal day to do it. The zero will work literally overnight, so the moss will be dead by Sunday morning and then give it a feed. And, and that's really what we should be doing with lawns at the moment, trimming them, controlling the moss, and then feeding lawns as well and getting them back into good nick. If there's any bare patches, reseeding can be done at this time of year. It'll take about three weeks for the seed to germinate. Um, but, yeah, start looking after the lawn now. OK. Um, daffodils starting to come to an end. Somebody wondering, how do they look after their bulbs? I have to take them up, but can't set them again until later on when my other section is ready. Somebody, oh. Sounds like somebody with a project in right. the garden. Well, yeah. ideally, if you can, I mean, the, the important thing with daffodil bulbs, so for, for, for general general tips is just to take off the old flowering shoots. Don't so literally just an inch or two to remove the old flowers maybe with a garden shears allow the foliage to die back it needs to die back for a minimum of six weeks so in this instance I would lift them and try to put them into pots or containers into compost because the plants will actually start to grow the leaves get longer on daffodils over the next couple of weeks we need to feed them as well to build up the bulbs for next year um, so you need to put them into now you can cram them in quite well together so you could get old boxes or containers some compost or garden soil literally just plunge them into that and allow them to die back naturally for six weeks and leave them in the crates until you're ready to plant them then in the autumn so the bulbs will be, it'll die back naturally uh, the, the soil will store them for that su- the right. summer and autumn period and you can literally just tip them out then in November October September October and replant them wherever you want them to flower Brilliant. Um, now we've got identification again. We've got a picture here. Mm-hmm. Somebody listens every Saturday. Um, uh, this plant is growing in a shop car park. Lovely. And, <laughs> uh, it's got yellow flowers on it, it delicate has. enough looking flowers. And then we have leaves like holly. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Pork, can you throw any light as to I what can this indeed. might be? Excellent. And, <clears throat> and it's a super plant. This is a plant called Mahonia. Aquifolium. It's a. Uh, it has holly-like leaves, as the listener says. It's an evergreen plant, and um, but it produces these beautiful yellow flowers. The mahonias come in a whole range of different varieties. Charity is a really nice one that flowers from November, December, January. So it actually flowers through the winter period. So you can imagine the kind of holly-like leaves and the beautiful bright yellow flowers through Christmas, January, and February. Aquifolium, which is this variety, comes into flower at this time of year, and again, it's got the lovely flowers. Great plant for bees. Really oh. super plant for bees, yeah. Um, particularly when bees are out foraging early in the season and they're looking for, for um, some pollen, this is a really good plant. So Mahonia, um, easy to grow. You should get it in your local garden centre and it's a plant that responds well to trimming back. Um, but really good, hardy, easy to grow. It's grown in the car park, so, so it'll so grow it's, anywhere. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not exactly yeah. good. No, it will get, you know, it'll grow to about, well, yeah. depending on how you prune it, but it can, can grow, I think, up to six feet in, in height. And, okay. You know, something similar in, in diameter, so it's quite a big plant. Now, this photograph has been taken through a window, so I don't know how well we can actually see this uh, tree, I think it is, or some kind of a tallish plant. Again, somebody looking for identification. If it could maybe take a closer right. picture for us, yeah, because yeah. it's through a window, it's hard to see it. Okay, okay. Um, about fifteen foot tall, yeah. If, yeah, if you uh, could, if you could get a kind of, kind a of closer, closer up, it yeah, is, it closer is, it foliage of the foliage and maybe the buds and that. Okay, and have a look at it. Let's uh, switch yeah. over to the other side, Porrick. Um So, how can I care for a poinsettia? Leaves are still red, and and that's the great thing yeah. about poinsettias. The new varieties, in particular, the kind of modern varieties, they hold their colour for so long. Um, 
euphorbia or poinsettia is a euphorbia it comes to us from Mexico of all places so you kind of have to create that Mexican feel uh, so a bright sunny window don't have it too damp so kind of washing it maybe once a fortnight good idea maybe to repot it as we're coming into April because it's going to kick into growth now over time the red leaf is actually a bract it's a modified leaf and over time that will change to a greenish colour a reddish greenish colour so they tend to lose the red colour as we go through the summer period uh, but it's an easy plant to grow as long as you kind of mimic bright sunny conditions not too not overwatering it and certainly starting to liquid feed it now with something like baby bio okay it, is it mexico they come yeah from mexican yeah, yeah they're mexican plant yeah 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 joseph um um robert joel robert prostel i think or not no i'm, I'm mixing no but okay. said, yeah was actually the name of the guy that found it yeah, yeah. okay um how do i get rid of clover in raised strawberry beds asks tom and castle bar Oh, well, um, how do you get rid of it? I mean, you can, Tom could use something like, I mean, you can either physically try to dig it, take it out or dig it out, or you can just, as it comes into growth, you could dab something like um, one of the weed killer gels onto the foliage of it and that will uh, eliminate it as well. So either physically dig it out um, it does tend to spread a little bit. Clover is often a sign too that the soil is hungry. It's low in nitrogen. Um, and that's not bad for strawberries either because they don't want too much feeding. But uh, yeah, maybe physically remove it okay. or dab on a little bit of the weed control cool. onto it. Now I have a Chilean fire bush which I bought last summer and it does not seem to be growing that well. The leaves are turning brown. It's in a shady place. Should I change it to a sunny spot? Asks Gertie. Yeah, this is a this is a lovely plant, um, and it's it, it's it's a plant called Embotrium, and it comes to us from Chile, called the Chilean firebush or Chilean bush tree. Um, it'll grow quite tall now. I mean, there is a plant that will grow twenty five to thirty feet in height. Wow! It's got these beautiful orange flowers, a little bit like a fuchsia flower, but they're a bright orange colour um, and the leaves are evergreen on embotriums They're, they hold the leaves 12 months of the year so do remember wherever you put it first of all it comes from Chile it needs Chilean conditions so it needs a bright sunny spot it needs relatively free draining soil and it needs space because this plant will grow tall it also produces suckers at the base so it produces the, a bit like um, so it produces kind of underground stems so where you plant it it tends to spread from that area so plenty of space so, so the plant itself could spread anything up to 6 feet or 8 feet in diameter and grow up to 25 or 30 feet in height so it needs space and um, you know room where, where it's not going to invade other okay. plants so okay. pick the location carefully but it does need sun but a, a plant that's well worth pers- persevering with because it's unusual you mm. won't see too many of them right. around and um, it's beautiful when it's in flower Okay, in so, uh, but it likes to be on its own because it'll it take need, over from absolutely and those underground stems do spread it's a way of propagating the plant but it, it will spread too I wouldn't put it in with other shrubs because right. it'll tend to take over the shrub bed. Great. Now, I have an area at the back of my garden. It's about three metres by 11 metres and I'd like to know how I can make it into a wildflower meadow. It's south-facing and I'm wondering, is it too late to do it this year? No, it's it's actually the perfect time of year for sowing wildflower meadows. So the, the key thing is really to remove any vegetation that there that's there at the moment. So if there's any weeds or grass, you need to get rid of that first of all so that you're starting with clean soil. Wildflower meadows, south-facing is absolutely perfect because they enjoy that uh, aspect with plenty of sun um, and a nice open aspect is the ideal location for them. They they dislike heavy fertile soil so they tend to do well on impoverished soil and you can if your soil tends to be a bit heavy it's a good idea to add some 
garden lime. So you'll get that in your local garden centre. So a couple of handfuls of lime over the area, rake it in and then sow the seed. So you create a, a kind of a fine seabed or a relatively fine seabed. So eliminate any weeds, put on the garden lime, um, till the soil over so that you can rake it and then get yourself some wildflower seed in your local garden centre. And There's lots of different mixes and varieties depending on what you want. You can get dwarf varieties that will only grow two feet high mm-hmm. or or traditional varieties that grow up to a metre high like the, the cornflowers and the poppies and, and what we generally associate with wildflower meadows. You also can get uh, varieties for shaded areas and also some for uh, that are scented. So there's lots of different collections of depending on what you want. Um, sow the seed. If it's a mixture of perennials and annuals, the annuals will flower this year. Mm-hmm. The perennials will grow, but not flower into the following year. And sometimes they might have some biennials like foxgloves that will grow certainly this year, but won't flower to the following following, uh, following May. Um, but a great time to sow, sow the seed. And um, my, my advice is always then in autumn to plant some spring flowering bulbs because wildflower meadows tend to look well June through to September, October, yeah. but they're devoid of colour at this time of year. So it's nice to have some dwarf daffodils or snowdrops or bluebells or whatever planted in there as well well. and do that in the autumn. So you've got that extra bit of interest. Extra bit of colour in the spring and then the wildflower meadow comes up and grows up through the bulbs and you just get that nice, nice overall mix. Now, a couple of questions on azaleas. Uh, Two separate ones, one after another as it happens. Um, First of all, what's the best place to plant azaleas in a windy garden? And secondly, I'm looking for an azalea plant called Encore. It flowers all through the summer. My niece got two of these a few years ago and they're absolutely beautiful during the summer, but I'm finding it difficult to get the plant. I'm not entirely sure I have the correct name, says Anne Intuum. So azaleas, first of all, are in the rhododendron family and require acid lime-free soil. So that's the critical thing. They dislike too much wind, so I wouldn't be planting The windy them. garden then. Yeah, if it's, you know, if it's in a windy garden, you need to put them into a pot or container really, um, you know, because otherwise they're just going to suffer. So the critical thing is that the soil is right, that you have ericaceous or uh, lime-free soil and you need to improve the soil by adding ericaceous compost and fertilisers if you haven't or grow them in, in a pot. There are loads of different varieties of uh, azaleas um, available and different heights as well. Some really low grow, ground covering varieties that will stay very neat. They're all evergreen or well you actually have um, evergreen and deciduous varieties of azaleas so depending on on um, on which one the, the the listener wants to put in but and depending on the aspect as, as well. So lime free soil is critical. Um, grow them in pots if you haven't got that and that particular variety, Encore. Encore. I can check for that. That It's not one that resonates with me. Okay. Um, but well, as, as she said, she's not sure she has the, the name exactly name. right. Yeah. And, and generally speaking, azaleas will flower spring, early summer by late May, early June. They're beginning to go out of flower at that time of year. So I'll check that, that particular variety okay. for her. Well, yeah, great. Uh, one more and then we'll take a quick break, Pork. Um, when do I sow strawberry plants outside and can we pull rhubarb and eat it now, asks Sean, also oh, yeah. in June. Well, rhubarb is ideal. I mean, now is the time to start picking it and enjoy it. Um, And particularly if you've it forced early, you know, you you definitely start picking it now. There are different varieties. Timberly early is probably the best one um, to plant if you want early rhubarb at at this time of year. But start picking it now. Start feeding it as well because... Uh, as you pick the rhubarb, you are robbing it to a certain degree of, mm-hmm. of energy. And strawberries, they should be planted at this time of year. They're perfectly frost hardy. Put them into window boxes or containers, plant them out into the garden soil. You know, and they will, if you plant now, they'll fruit this summer. 
Fantastic. Now, Porik, we've gone from uh, azaleas to returning to camellias. Um, and we've got a 10-year-old white camellia located along a west-facing wall. It's only flowered the first year. It looks very healthy. It's about seven foot tall. Wondering, what do we do to encourage flowering? And uh, this is from Brenda, who's in Foxford. Brenda also has a question about uh, a, a low-flowering border. So we'll come to that in a second. But let's talk about that, camellia, first of all. And, and this happens with camellias they when you buy them in, the, in your local garden center they're often in flower simply because they're in a pot and they're nicely confined and the plant triggers itself into flowering planted into the garden soil and camellias just tend to take off the, the location that uh, Brenda has put it into is absolutely perfect west facing is ideal because uh, camellias dislike morning sun so so a west facing aspect is, is the perfect location All you're right. getting the evening sun onto the plant so that's absolutely perfect and the plant is obviously growing really well seven foot seven foot and, and it sounds like it's very healthy and it will settle down to flowering it's not that it, it just flowers in the one year and that's it mm. it will settle down but the plant is just putting on lots of new growth it's obviously very happy where it is now switch to a potash feed so switch to sulfate of potash or a high ro- a rose fertilizer or a tomato feed that's high in, in the element K. And K is the element at this time of year. If you feed your camellias over the summer period, you help to induce those flower buds. And the buds should start to appear by October of, of this coming year right. if you feed right through the summer. So a little bit of sulfate of potash around the base of it or a rose feed or a high tomato feed and that'll help to trigger it down to flowering. But it will... You know, that's very typical of camellias. Ten you, years, though, would it take Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, they often do that, yeah. Okay. Seven to ten years to settle down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but right. it will come into flower. It will. Okay. And once they start flowering then, they tend to be very reliable after that. Right, it's just to give the, yeah, getting, them, yeah, getting yeah. them on that It path. needs a bit of a shock now just to kind of stop it growing physically and tr- and, trigger and trigger that flowering. So the potash pota- is. Potassium does that, yeah. Now, what uh, the other part of the question is, uh, we have a south-facing path leading to a front door. Wondering what would you recommend for a long flowering low border about 16 yards long either side? Well, so, uh, some of the low growing plants, I mean, some of the plants I actually mentioned today, like the uh, geranium rosanne would be lovely. You know, that kind of carpet effect. Mm-hmm. A still base, ground covering a still base would be lovely. That parahebe avalanche is a really good plant. Again, it's very low and compact. So those sort of, her, some of the herbaceous border plants, Alstromerias would be lovely as well. Again, they're short and, and fill up the ground. So, and again, plant them in clusters of, of three so you get that carpet effect. So, pop into your local garden centre. My advice really is to take a photograph of the area. If you are visiting your garden centre, bring in it, bring the picture of the area in on your phone and, um, you know, pick plants that are obviously going to come back year after year but are going to be compact, low-growing and um, ideally plant them in groups of threes. Great. And one more on begonias. When will double begonias be available for sale and when is the best time to plant them, asks Martin? Well, remember the frost will, will hammer them if you put them out. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't bother planting them Hold until off. the first week of May. Even even if you see them in your local garden centre, unless you've got a greenhouse or tunnel or somewhere protective to keep them, then, um, you know, hold off for at least another three weeks and plant them. Once we get to the kind of first week of May, the risk of frost has passed and you can quite happily plant them out of doors. And begonias will flower till November. So, I mean, you'll get the whole season out of them yet. 
Great. Now, let's talk about tomatoes um, and sowing seeds and vegetable seeds in general. So is it too cold to sow seeds for vegetables? I bought red profusion tomato plants a few days ago. When can I sow them into larger pots? Well, you can certainly put the, and that's a a super variety, red profusion. And tomatoes in general, if you're buying them in your local garden centre, they're in the kind of small nine centimetre pots. Good idea to move them on straight away into a larger pot, maybe a one litre pot. But keep them indoors on your windowsill or your conservatory or somewhere indoors for at least another three to four weeks. Red profusion is a variety that will grow out of doors from the beginning of May onwards and is very reliable and, and quite low growing and lovely in a, a pot or container. Um, and as the name suggests, it, it literally does produce a profusion of flowers. So and are they regular sized tomatoes or are they they're just a little bit cherry smaller. ones? Or? They're actually in between. They're, they're kind of uh, maybe ancient in diameter um, but literally they're produced and they're, I like that particular variety because there's no pinching back it's particularly good for for, for newbies for people that, that want to give a, the tomatoes a go for the first season because you can grow them outdoors from May and um, they're lovely in pots and containers and leave, just give the, put them on your patio they'll need to some water and some feed in terms of the vegetable seeds in your in your local garden centre you'll get vegetable plants that people can plant out of doors but also it's a great time to sow the seed and like I said at the start of the programme even with a bit of frost at night it's not going to damage the seed so you can safely sow the seed into the ground cover it over and it'll germinate as normal. Okay, great. Somebody I think may have sent us in a photograph of their Chilean firebush if it's oh, uh, loading, up, loading up a little slowly. Okay, we'll, we'll have to come back to that one. Okay. Um, Escalonia hedge, yeah. pink flower when do you cut it back in the summer? The foliage doesn't come back for the winter and it looks dead. Can you help? Well and it's it's a something to watch with Escalonia because over the last number of years they have been getting a, a, a disease a foliar disease on um, on Escalonia which basically the plant comes into leaf in, in the spring looks reasonably okay for the summer but the leaf drops early in the autumn mm-hmm. and stays bare for the winter and, and progressively the plants get weaker um, it is a good idea to maybe treat it with uh, some fungus clear during the summer months. In terms of pruning Escalonia generally we prune them after flowering because you know if you prune them at this time of year which you can it will delay the flowering for about a month or maybe five weeks so um by all means, you can trim them now, but the flowering will happen later in the season. Ideally, prune them after flowering. Okay, here's a really interesting question. I don't know if we have an answer, but it's a great question. Is it possible to transplant a 15-year-old spruce tree from <laughs> Limerick to Inishboffin? And most importantly, will it survive? survive. Well, uh, Inishboffin wouldn't be the ideal location for a, for a spruce tree. It's it's so windy and so open. And look at digging up. If if the plant is in a pot, no problem. Yeah. But if it's in the ground, I'm afraid it won't transplant. They're not very good at, uh, and particularly 15 years old, it's not going to be very successful. <laughs> and Inishboffin is going to be a challenge for the poor old spruce tree. It is. Maybe stick to a nice hydrangea or fuchsia or something it's that some, will tolerate some, the wind and the salt. Right, yeah, that yeah. might be more... I, I, uh, suitable for that particular uh, location. Um, I think you've sparked a little interest in the angel's wings, okay. Borg. Somebody's got a question about their one, wondering what can they do? I sowed two, one completely died, the other is growing. Can I separate it? You can actually, yeah. It, it, and it is a plant that lends itself to uh, division. Um, because it'll often root the, as I mentioned, it's low growing, it spreads out up to about a metre in diameter, often up to four feet. And you'll often find part of the branches that are low to the ground or the the stems uh, will have actually rooted and you can take a piece and and, and move it on. Um, it is a very, very easy plant to grow. Um, you know, like you said, it does really well in a pot and container. But what you often find over the winter, it gets a a little bit damaged with the frost and the yeah. and so on. But it's a simple trimming back brings it back again. 
That's okay. a lovely picture. And of somebody it. has sent us in a photograph of <laughs> their angel's wing, separate, <laughs> and it is a stunner. It's a Absolutely. lovely one. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can see the diameter of yeah. it there. Now that's a really, really good. That's in great condition after the winter. I'd say it might be in a nice sheltered spot there. Yeah, and you can see the flower buds. See the flower bud is beginning to form oh, there. Yeah. Right. It's a very silvery, and and so it's producing a rosette of flowers. Now you can allow it to flower if you want, or if you dislike the kind of yellow flower, you can trim it off. The flower is a bit like ragworth. It's actually in the same family is it? as so Ragworth is in the Senecio. Ye- that yellow. And is, are yeah. they tall flowers? Well, yeah, it'll come up on a spike. You know, it'll come up about maybe 18 inches of a spike with a yellow flower and okay. it'll have the silver leaves. Some people like the flowers. Some people I, don't. Per, I personally would prefer to just trim them off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see um, what what happens yeah, with that. Pleasure. But anyway, th- thanks for sharing all of that, and uh, good luck to the person looking at splitting them up. Um, would you have any advice, Pork, what we can do with the lawn that has large sections destroyed with leather jackets? I think they're fairly prevalent at the moment, aren't they? they? Are, the lawns are hungry, probably. The, well, the, the, you see, the the leather jacket is the is the larvae of the crane fly, and and it's often it's all it's it's um, late in the autumn. It hatches over the winter. It's feeding away over the winter, and it's at this time of year they're they're full size yeah. and and they can be very damaging. And unfortunately, there isn't a um, insecticide or treatment that can be put on the the the, uh, the lawn to control them. Um, what you're just going to have to do is wait for them. They will pupate and they'll they'll dissipate from the from the lawn in time, and you'll just have to reseed the areas. They basically eat the the roots of the grass right. under gnawing away at the grass underneath. And when you get heavy infestation, generally most lawns will have a certain amount of leather jackets, but when you get a, a big infestation of them, patches are created because the grass physically dies in that area, and you just have to reseed those areas once they have moved on. Okay. Now, can I prune back a lavender plant now, asks Bernie. You can, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a good time of year, actually, to prune lavender back. Not too severely. Remove it by maybe 50%, but don't go into kind of uh, old... Um, the woody stuff. Brown wood, yeah, the kind of woody stuff, yeah. So take it back by half, give it a feed, and within a couple of weeks it'll have shot up again. Great. Now, can we plant out cosmos plants, um, and are they frost-hardy? Well, they're, they're, they're a hardy annual, but if you have them... So cosmos is a beautiful bedding plant. It produces large kind of... Um, open saucer-like flowers. I was going to say daisy-like, but they're bigger than daisy, but they've got that kind of singular flower and they come in lovely shades of, of pinks and whites. If you have them inside, I'd keep them in for at least another two weeks and then plant them out of doors. So maybe at the end of April. The other thing with Cosmos is it tends to grow tall, upright, and a good idea, once the plants are maybe four or five inches high, is to pinch the centres out of them to get them to thicken out. So I would do that, keep them in for maybe another two weeks and then plant them out of doors and let them harden up. Up, so give them another two weeks inside. But okay. pinch them back and that'll thicken them, thicken them out. out. And you'll get more flowers from the plant as well. Super. Please help my spiderweb plant got frost. Will I take off the leaves that are marked, asks Teresa. Yeah, tidy are, they, are they not, are spiderweb plants indoor or outdoor? Well, you can actually have them indoor and it's oh. outdoor. Isn't that interesting? So this is, this is Fatsia spider's web. Um, so it's the castor oil plant, which can be grown indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it grown outdoors under sycamore trees, so it does very well in a shaded area. But over the winter, like many evergreen plants, and spider's web produce really, really big leaves. They're the size of a dinner plate. Um, so over the winter, they always get a little bit marked and so on. Simply take anything that's gone brown or damaged off, give them a feed. All the young leaves come from the centre. They'll be perfectly fine. And each year, you do that with, with spider's web. You just tidy it up in the springtime. And depending on how cold the winter is, will determine how much browning and marking 
is on the plant and how exposed the site as well. But it's a beautiful plant and such an easy plant to grow. Okay, we might have to conclude on this question, Pork. So we've got a photograph of a, a fairly empty looking pot. Something was in it, but it has, I think, died. Um, and we're looking for a nice red perennial plant for my four pots. What would you recommend? Oh, very Lovely nice. pots. Lovely pots. Well, I think what would look really well. Now, remember, when you're putting plants into pots, and particularly perennial plants, they last for a number of years, but over time, they're going to fill up the space that, that's been provided. And these pots look roughly about a foot deep by maybe 18 inches two feet. So a perennial plant will last for probably two years, maybe three years in it. And after that, you need to be moving them on um, outside. If you want something red flowering, I think some of the red um, Alstromerias would be beautiful. There's lots of really good varieties and they do very well in pots and containers and they'll fill that pot and, and flower. Alstromerias come into flower in late May, early June and flower right through until the end of the summer and they give a lovely show of colour. So red alstromerias for me, but remember you'll get probably two to three years from them and then you need to move them on. Okay. Now they'd also be lovely for begonias. I know they're they're not perennial, but I think begonias would look smashing in them as well. The non-stop double begonias. They give you colour literally from June to November. Okay, so a few options there for that. few options. Okay, we're going to have to leave it at that, I'm afraid. So uh, just keep the old plants wrapped up if you have them out at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, But but use the weather as well. It's great weather to get out and do a bit of digging, get the garden tidied up, do a bit of weeding as well and plant all the hardy stuff. You know, you can still plant lots of colour this time of year. Okay, great stuff, Porek. Have a good week. We'll Thanks, talk Georgia. to you again next Saturday. All going well. Uh, and I'll be back with you as well after 7 next Saturday morning. Stand by Michael Neary on the way after the news at 10 with the very best in country classics for the moment. Good morning to you.